Welcome, everybody, back to the Baseball Dorks, episode 21. I have Jesse and Ryan with me. Guys, we are down to the last two and a half weeks of the season. It's almost over, and yet it seems like it's been more chaotic than ever. Um, we have, once again, since our last podcast, we had a few uh, spots in the wild card switch places. We have now the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, if the season were to end, Last night, they were even today, even uh, they'd be hosting the wild card game and uh, they would be hosting the Boston Red Sox while the Yankees would be sitting out. Um, guys, what have you guys taken away from the last couple of weeks? Any big, um, any big pushes you guys are making for a team to make the playoffs? It's kind of crazy. I've, I think we did a pod uh, two weeks ago. It might have been three weeks ago. It's been it's been too long since the last one, but we're. We were talking about how the uh, the Blue Jays are good, but probably too tall of a mountain to climb, and here they are. Um, <laughs> I love that offense. I think they're going to be really fun to watch. That whole division is going to be fun to watch down the stretch. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, do, I mean, do you have any particular team? Me? Uh, I would, I would yeah. love – I mean, I'm, I'm team Blue Jays all the way now. Um, I just really want them to make the playoffs. They've just, they're, just, they're, just, they're, that, they're that team that during the regular season, clearly they weren't you know, as dominant as, uh, as, as many thought they would be, or I guess like within that division, because an 81-63 and 63 record is still pretty dominant. But I, I'm sure a lot of people thought that they'd be um, a bit closer to a wild card spot than they, than they have been. So now that they're getting this hot and they're getting this momentum going into the playoffs, I wouldn't want to be – facing that Toronto Blue Jays team at all, even, even if it's just like in a one-game one playoff. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think it was like a month ago I predicted them to make the playoffs, so I'm not surprised that they made this push. Um, their starting pitching is incredible, one through four. They're going to end up, end up, if they do make a playoff series, Ryu would be their fourth option. And last year he was starting game one. Starting game and one, he's yeah. still a pretty solid pitcher. Not as good as he was a couple of years ago when he almost won the Cy Young, but still pretty good. Um, and then they have Manoa in front of him. And then obviously um, Berrios and Robbie Ray, who might win the Cy Young. The issue with the Blue Jays is that their bullpen is really weak and their lineup is incredibly right-handed. Um, obviously they don't really have space for him, but imagine if Michael Brantley had actually signed with the Blue Jays. It just feels like... I don't want to say they're missing a left-handed bat because they're the best offense in the league probably. Um, But it does feel like if they get in a playoff series against a really good right-handed pitching staff that they could struggle. Um, But I I still think the Blue Jays are the best team that's competing for one of these American League wildcard spots. Um, One of the things that stuck out to me, though, is that the A's are really missing um, their key players that we mentioned a couple weeks ago went down. That was Chris Bassett with the injury and Loriana with the suspension. Um, apparently Bassett is making a good recovery though and might come back, but um, it might be a little bit too late for them. It felt like they were kind of just hanging on with them and then to lose them to try to catch Boston and New York or possibly Toronto. Um, it, it feels tough, especially with the Mariners also hanging on in there. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about them too, but that's an incredible story with the Mariners are yeah. somehow still in this. 
Yeah, so yeah they're, they're only two out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, let's just paint the picture real quick of the wild card race. So we currently have, um, as of uh, 6.39 Central on Tuesday, September 14th, we currently have the Toronto Blue Jays in first in the wild card. So they'd be hosting. And uh, right now the Yankees and Red Sox are tied for that second wild card spot. Um, and then, yeah, the Mariners are two games back. Oakland, two and a half games back. Uh, and that's really about it. That's, that's relevant. So five teams fighting for two spots. Um, the weird, here's a real, something really interesting. Um, if you look at the uh, expected, um, expected record, expected win-loss, the Toronto Blue Jays should be leading the AL East right now. They're 80, they, they should be 89 and 55, while the Rays should be 88 and 56. So is that now, Pythagorean win-loss, or what is that? Uh, whatever MLB Network's expected win-loss record is. I, I'm guessing it goes by like run differential, maybe. Um, because the Blue Jays currently lead the AL East in run differential with a plus 174. Mm-hmm. So they just overtook the Rays yesterday. Um, yeah, like this, they, they are, and it looks like they're scheduled to, heading down the, to, to finish the season doesn't look too bad either. So um, they're eight games out of the division, the Blue Jays. So I you know I think the, the Rays have that tied up already. So yeah, it's just that five-team race within the wild card there. Um, is it just me or do you guys feel like the Oakland A's are just done? Like, I just, I, I, for some reason, I feel like the Mariners are a bigger threat than Oakland is at this point. Just well, they, they need that, that miracle of Bassett coming back and being good, which, yeah. as I just mentioned, it's a possibility that he's, I think he threw a bullpen already and he might come back. I don't know if it's going to be this upcoming weekend or early next week. So if they can get two or possibly three starts out of him, maybe even four, um, I guess there wouldn't be time for four, probably. Yeah. But even three, three starts from Bassett down the stretch, if you think about who he'd be replacing, whether it's Paul Blackburn or just somebody really not very good. So that turns those three games from a probably expected loss to an expected win. And that could be the difference um, coming down the stretch. I still think the A's are a long shot as are the Mariners, just because the Yankees, Red Sox and Blue Jays are a few games ahead and there's not that much time left. And those teams are good. And from what I remember, I think Boston has the easiest schedule. Um, I know they played the Orioles, the Nats, and someone else bad at the end of the season. Um, So Boston's got... I feel like Boston and Toronto are the favorites with Mm -hmm. the Yankees the best chance to um, snag one of the spots. Yep, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, Real quick, the the Red Sox uh, scheduled to finish the year. So they have two against Seattle that are left after they lost yesterday. Um, Definitely need to win at least one of those to keep keep the, uh, the wild card spot. Then they got Baltimore for three. The Mets for two, Yankees for three, Orioles for three, and then Nats for three to finish up. So, yeah, it's not a bad schedule at all. Um, whereas the Blue Jays, uh, let's go real quick through the AL East teams uh, here. Um, currently down one nothing to the Rays right now. Then the Rays uh, for one more game, Twins for three, Rays again for three, Twins for four, Yankees for three, Orioles for three. So a not lot of the twins is nice, though. That's, yeah. just a, and this is what I was talking about. I don't know if you guys remember, a couple weeks ago I mentioned how MLB does this weird scheduling thing now where they're bunching series together yeah, against teams that you only play twice. Uh-huh. Yeah, and imagine playing, even at the beginning of the year when the, I mean, the twins were still struggling, but they still had, you know, a lot of their guys, or Barrios was still there, or Maeda wasn't injured. Yep. And to get seven straight games against the twins right now just feels kind of unfair to me. Um, whereas really some other teams had to play them at other times. I feel like they should be spread out more than that. And uh, last but not least, here are the Yankees. They're currently up 2 nothing right now against the Orioles, and then they have two more against them. Three against Cleveland, three against the Rangers, 
three against the Red Sox, three against the Blue Jays, and three against the Rays. Um, aside from Rangers and Orioles there, which is only six games, that's not that easy. Uh, honestly, I'd probably, at this point, I might be leaning towards a Red Sox-Blue Jays uh, wildcard game. So who, who do you guys think starts that game? Is it Robbie Ray and Chris Sale? Chris Hill for the Probably. Red Sox, for sure. Um, yeah. It's tough to yeah. throw a lefty against the Blue Jays, though, but Chris really Hill's just good enough where mm-hmm. probably doesn't doesn't really matter. You, yeah. you could make the case, though, just because of that and maybe because of coming back from the injury that you start Aovaldi. Mm. I don't. I don't think it's unreasonable um, if they made that decision. I think that they would also go sale, but I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was Eovaldi. It might just well, be like one hundred percent, one hundred percent in a must-win like wild card game. Both of them are going to be available. Yeah, definitely. So, Especially with the Red Sox bullpen not being a strength, you have to imagine both those guys would pitch. Yeah, all those 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 two and Pavetta is probably going to be there for an inning or two if need be. Mm-hmm. So, just I'm not Barnes. I just think that if the game is in Toronto, I think the Blue Jays would have a massive advantage there. Um, so, I mean, I just feel like, it, but once again, I think it depends on like how many fans are allowed to go into the Rogers Center. I, I think there's still like limited capacity up there. Um, but still, either way, I think that'll be really huge for them. Um, mm-hmm. And it's wild, like run differentials: the <laughs> Blue Jays plus one seventy four, Yankees plus twenty eight. And Red Sox plus fifty one, so it's like they're they're well over a hundred runs in in some cases even like about hundred and fifty runs ahead of their competition, which is wild. Um, well, a lot of that too came uh, against the Orioles recently. Where they were they had that double header <laughs> yeah. where they were getting no hit through six innings, and then in the seventh inning they score eleven runs. Yeah, I think they scored eleven runs with before even getting two out. So they were just I think they had four home runs in the inning and. Teoscar and Simeon both had insane weeks this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like they probably, I, I haven't looked at it, but I, they probably increased their run differential by 30, 40 runs in the last week alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been wild. Uh, cool. As far as the divisions go, though, um, I feel like everything is kind of already figured out there as far as the American League is concerned. So we have the Rays up by eight over the Blue Jays. We have the White Sox up by 11 and a half over the Indians. And then the Astros up by six and a half over the Mariners. So I feel like those divisions are pretty much wrapped up when it comes to the American League. Yeah, it would take something pretty drastic for, I think, like, I think the seeding of Rays being the one seed, Houston being two seed, Sox being a three seed is also pretty locked. I mean, it's only within two games between Houston and White Sox, but I, I just, I don't really see that changing much. It probably wouldn't even matter that much anyways they'll probably end up playing each other exactly yeah <laughs> exactly I, I think it's pretty much it, it, at this point it's like who's going to host the game is it going to yeah. be or um or who's going to host games advantage with, between those yeah, two there you go home field advantage that's, that's what i was looking for um so with that said i know we kind of uh i remember we were kind of discussing it yesterday between the three of us um but like the fact that the astros and the white Sox might face off in the alds that'd be an amazing series um I would love to see the White Sox and the Blue Jays meet up in the ALCS. So I'll be like extremely nervous the whole time uh, during that series, especially because Houston, we've seen it, you know, last year they weren't even a 500 team. They were below 500 and then they ended up being within one win of the world series. They just have this factor, this like extra, extra um, 
boost within them to suddenly get hot in October. Altuve starts hitting like Babe Ruth, and uh, it's just absolutely crazy how good the Astros can be in October. So I'm not going to bet against them. Um, and we'll get we'll get into this more in the next podcast, where I'm sure we'll do more predictions. Uh, but I, I think the Astros are going to go pretty far this postseason, which doesn't look good for the White Sox if that's the case, assuming they face them in the first round. Well, really, I, I was saying, so you could, I think you can make a, a legitimate case for at least four, probably five or six American League teams, whoever ends up making it in, um, whoever the final four teams are, definitely, um, that any of those teams could make a World Series run. Obviously, Tampa has the best record and proved last year that they can win in the playoffs with that formula. Um, they have some relievers, including Nick Anderson, coming back. Uh, I, I think Whistler might be out for the year, but then you hopefully replace him with Anderson. Um, so they should be loaded and ready to go. And then Toronto, we just mentioned, should be a legitimate threat. And it feels kind of weird seeing two teams as good as the Astros and White Sox playing in the first round. But it also, I don't know, I feel like it'll be a good way to – get the playoffs going and yeah the Astros have played like way at insane levels in the playoffs in the past but they also did have Verlander and Cole on multiple of those teams and this year they'll be relying on Framber who's had a good season but not quite as good McCullers is probably their best starter right now and then they've relied on Luis Garcia a lot Um, and Zach Greinke is what he's at with COVID right now and has uh, his lowest K rate in like 15 years. So we'll see about their pitching. I, I believe in their offense and their bullpen is decent. Um, yeah. So I, I, I understand where, where you're coming from, but I, I think it's really a 25% chance for any of the American league teams. Okay. So, yeah, all right. So definitely. obviously white, white Sox and Astros are in that, but um, uh, Jesse, before we go, before we go to you real quick, Brian of the four teams that are currently competitive in the AL East, which two do you think are best built for the, uh, for a world series push? Just curious. In the AL East? Mm-hmm. Raisin. I would, I would probably take Tampa Bay number one mm-hmm. and Toronto number two. I just oh, worry right, too much about Toronto's bullpen in a short series. Um, yeah. 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 It, it just scares me. I don't trust anyone except maybe Jordan Romano out of that pen to be a shutdown guy against these, these elite offenses. Um, their bullpen has struggled against bad teams. Like imagine when you're going against the same hitters every day, you're getting third, fourth looks at your mediocre relievers. I, I just worry about that. Uh, the longer the postseason goes, that could catch up uh, with the blue Jays. And I mentioned this too, in our chat, they traded for Brad hand. And then a few weeks later, they caught him, but they have one of the worst bullpens in the league. Like, yeah, hand does look washed. I definitely have thought for a while that hand has looked wash. His fastball is not good anymore. And his curveball is decent, but when he hangs it, it just gets destroyed. Um, so I can understand where they're coming from, but their bullpen is so bad. Like why not just hold on to him at least till the end of the regular season, mm-hmm. put him, pitch him in some mop up games. And then if you have to cut him or leave him off your roster, leave him off. Yeah. Um, but the Mets just picked him up right out of, after the Jays caught him. And I, I, I thought that was very strange for a team that is desperate for bullpen help. Yeah. That was really weird. Uh, Jesse. Um, I think for the Astros White Sox series that we're predicting, I think it could go either way. I th- it's we're we're gonna see how uh, Giolito looks coming back from injury and how Tim Anderson looks coming back from injury if they can be back in full force. Um, I think like depending on how hot or cold the Astros are, I think they have a really good shot. That's definitely a good series to 
watch. But for for the American League, like if you told me the Rays, the Astros, the White Sox, Blue Jays, Yankees, or Red Sox make or like are going to make the World Series, I don't think anyone here would be like shocked. Uh, so I, which which is something I like. It's a lot of parody. It's not there's really no kind of David versus Goliath uh, series. It just kind of feels like a. It just feels like it's going to be competitive, and hopefully, it's good baseball. I do think the White Sox Astros series could turn into a uh, Dodgers Astros World Series sort of thing, where it's just like it's yeah. like fifteen to thirteen every game, which honestly would be fun. But who knows? Um, my prediction: I just have to stick with my guns. I said preseason White Sox are going to win the World Series, so. I'm just going to stick to that. That'll be my AL pick. Love that. Um, so, guys, I was I was looking around the playoff field, like what teams are currently leading their divisions, what teams are likely going to get into the playoffs. Does it feel like – I know coming into the season, everyone was like, Dodgers are probably going to repeat again. But it feels like for the first time in a while, assuming everything stays like this, it doesn't seem like there's going to be like a clear, clear-cut clear favorite. Like these guys are, are the, the uh, um, you know, favored big time to uh, – to win it all because even if you look at the Dodgers they have to get through a one game playoff if things stay the way they are right now so to get through that one game playoff first of all and then starting with their I mean I know the rotation is loaded but still starting with like your number two guy in the division series whoever you're facing like that's just that, that's not an easy route at all like you're the odds I feel like the odds for the Giants making making it to the World Series might be higher than the Dodgers because the Dodgers have to play that one game playoff I don't just dis- I don't disagree with that at all. I do think if the Dodgers win that one game, that they then become the yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say overwhelming favorite, but I favorite. think that most people would predict the Dodgers to be the favorite at that point. But I do agree with you that because of the randomness of the one game playoff, you would bet- rather bet on the Giants. Um, just because the Dodgers could lose one game to the Reds or the Cardinals or the Phillies or yep. maybe the Padres, even though they are really slipping. Yeah. Um, so with that, let's go to the National League real quick. Uh, once again, I think like the divisions are pretty much wrapped up here. There was only one that I'm kind of like still maybe not hoping, but that uh, I feel like might fluctuate the other way. Um, so National League East, we have the Braves up by four and a half over the Phillies, and then the Mets are five and a half behind. Still realistic that they can catch up, maybe, uh, but I think that division goes to the Bravos. National League Central, that one's been wrapped up since May. Uh, Brewers up by 14 in that division. And then in the NL, NL West, this is the one that I think could still get a little, a little spicy. Uh, Giants, of course, just like every single week we've been on this podcast, they're still in first place. They clinched a playoff spot yesterday. The first team in baseball to clinch a playoff spot. Uh, they're 94 and 50, and it's the earliest clinch in San Francisco Giants history when, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, everyone, even Giants fans, including us, we were all saying the Giants might win 70, 75 games at most this season, and, but miss the playoffs for sure. But here they are, best record in baseball, first team to clinch, <laughs> uh, best season in franchise, franchise history so far for the Giants, uh, and they're currently leading the Dodgers by two and a half. When it seemed like, I think it was, was it last weekend, when the Dodgers, for maybe a few hours, took over yeah. first place? Um, but now like, look, despite the fact that the Dodgers are seven and three in their last 10 and they've won four in a row, they're still two and a half back because the giants have won eight in a row and are nine and one in their last 10. So even though the Dodgers are still elite and still playing at such a great level, 
the Giants are just one-upping them every chance they get. Well, I was just saying today, it's – sorry, Jesse, real quick before you go, I was just going to say I, I, the, the Giants were projected by Pakoda to win, I think it was 74 games, and the Diamondbacks were projected to win <laughs> 76. That's hilarious. And I don't know what the gap That's is right so now, funny. but it's got to be like 30, 40 games. Uh, actually, I can put that up for you. It is – good Lord – 57 game difference. Really? Man. <laughs> that's absurd. That's true. That's just utterly absurd. Oh, wait, I really I, hope... I can't do math. 47 games. My bad. 47. 47 okay. Still, that's so much. Still awful. Yeah. yeah. That's, so, that's still insane. A 49 game difference from what Pakoda predicted. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Um, this, is, but, this is like one of the, the greatest... I don't want to say like unexpected stories but like mm. even the most optimistic people on, was on the Giants and I remember J- Jesse was the most optimistic out of all of us and even you Jesse were saying like maybe at most they could compete for the second wild card spot and like <laughs> even that was like kind of a stretch at the time yeah. and then all of us thought that they were going to be even worse than that and we've I, talked I about remember, it so many times that saying, they just don't have any holes I remember saying that they'd get into the wild card with some confidence uh, we could we could run the tape back, but who knows? Sure, take some. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, the National League is a lot of fun, a, a lot more fun. I think a lot of more like crazy things can still go down there. I hope. I just hope that chaos ensues with Atlanta, Philadelphia, New York Mets for like this last spot. I hope it's yeah. within like. I hope it's within a game or two between all three of them and going into like the last week, just because that would be the most fun thing to watch and only one of them can make it. So, I mean, that like, that's what I want to happen. I do think the Braves are clearly the best, but I don't want to just give it to them by any means. Um, San Francisco, they just got the, they just clinched a playoff berth, but they aren't safe from these Dodgers, I hope they hold on to it. Um, they probably desperately want it. If they make, if they fall to the wild card spot and then like lose that game, it's going to be probably the most disappointing end of a season since the Seriously. 2015 Pirates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real though. Um, let me just paint the picture for the wild card in the National League real quick. So we got the Dodgers, and this looks like a typo. They're up by 16 and a half games for the first wild card slot. So the wild card game is going to be either in LA or San Francisco at this point. And then we got the Cincinnati Reds currently holding that second wild card spot, despite losing two in a row. And then we got the Cardinals and the Padres, both a half game back at the moment. Uh, both are trending in opposite directions here. And then we got the Phillies and Mets, Phillies two and a half back and Mets three and a half back. So for the first time in a while, the Mets and the Phillies are actually closer to the wild card than they are to their own division. Um, and then that's really about it as far as relevant teams. Um, shout out to the Rockies, nine games back. You're right, Ryan. They weren't as bad as we thought they'd be. Um, but we have another, like, five-team race here, which is so oh, – six-team race, actually. Well, five, because the, the, the Dodgers are pretty much in it already. Um, yeah. But that last wild-card spot, like, I remember everyone for the longest time, even us this season, were like, it's going to be Dodgers-Padres. Uh, but the Padres have since just um, tanked. I think they've had, what was I think I saw on MLB Network since over the last month, they've had the second worst record in all of baseball over the last 30 days, um, which is absolutely just mind blowing. Your schedule is not going to get any easier. But 
if I had to put money in it right now, um, I, I would say, I would say Dodgers are going to host versus the Padres. I still think the Padres are going are gonna to hold on and somehow get this wow. done. That's the optimistic of you of the Padres. Um, I, I just don't believe it with the, the injury. They are, they are very talented, but with, with the amount of injuries that they have with their pitching staff and the underperformance of pretty much everyone on their roster except Tatis and Machado and Cronenworth until he also just went down. So now their offense outside of those two guys is not great. Um, it's really kind of strange because it, it feels like a couple weeks ago we were saying that it was possible that the Reds – could really pull away with how much easier their schedule was, but they've also just not played well the last couple of weeks and they've left the door open for the Cardinals or the Padres or whoever it is. And the Cardinals also have a really hard schedule. So that's going to be tough. Although we should just mention Adam Wainwright real quick. Yeah. I don't know how he's doing that, but he now has his ERA is below three. Mm -hmm. He has faced the pirates three times in the last month. So I don't want to like go too overboard. But he's over 40. He has faced multiple, at least respectable teams. He faced the Brewers, um, and his last start was – who do you face? The Mets? Yeah, he just faced the Mets. Um, yeah. So, at, at least not garbage. Seems like the, the Pirates. I mean, he's been incredible for the Cardinals. So, yeah, he's uh, having his best season uh, as far as war goes since 2014. When he almost won Scion. Wow. Yep. yep. He's, he's having a wonderful season, and it sucks because I had him on my fantasy team, but then I traded him uh, right before he got, like, elite, elite. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, well. It feels like he's almost a... single-handedly keeping them in there. Yeah. This would be such a good, like, vintage Cardinals season of, like, win 85 games and then make a deep run in the playoffs. Beat the Dodgers and... in the wild card game. Yeah, yeah beat the Dodgers. Wainwright just shuts oh, them down. Man. Something like that. <laughs> We've seen them do this type of shit before. Um, a thought I had was, I mean, like, I know it can't be done and it's not something I want to entertain too much, but I feel like there's such a good argument this year, at least to just, let's not, let's not have the Giants or the Dodgers in this wild card game. Let's just give them playoff <laughs> spots and just kick and, and then just kick Atlanta down to the hosting the wild card and, have, we'll have the next best team face them or something just because like the giant like the Giants and the Dodgers and Milwaukee are a skip step and a hop better than every other team in the National League so it's just a shame that one of them is going to have to play a sudden death game and basically have like as good as as much better than they are in one game scenario you can only give them maybe like a 55 percent chance to win so yeah I wish they weren't. I wish neither the Dodgers or Giants were in a wild card situation right now. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, go ahead, Ryan. Go ahead. I was, was, was going to pivot to a new topic. So. Yeah, let, let me get a, a real quick thought on this. That was also going to bring up exactly what Jesse was just talking about with the Dodgers having such a big lead but having to play in this game. I feel like we might – be getting the last year of this year's format just with the new CBA coming up. Um, so it, it feels like they did this almost to like increase the drama, which it definitely does. And for that, like I definitely enjoy this sort of format that it's like a forced one game do or die. Mm-hmm. Incredible, incredible drama. Um, but it does feel like it's going to go away. Um, I want to get your guys take really quick before we switch topics. What do you guys think would be a better solution i heard one person suggest that the lower seed 
would have to win twice and the higher seed only has to win once if there's like a, a certain gap like if they finish within one game of, of each other it's just you know the normal format but if it's like you beat you the top seeds five games ahead Better. of the lower seed yeah. or, or more than you know then they would have to win twice or do you just expand playoffs and go that way? Like to me, I almost feel like, especially if they add two more teams to the league at some point, I would love to see six playoff teams with the top two seeds getting a buy because then you still incentivize teams to try to compete and have as good of a roster as you can. Because as we saw in 2020, if everyone just has the same result, you know, the Dodgers were playing in a three game series, despite having the number one seed against the Brewers, um, that format just doesn't really work. You got to incentivize the top team. So I feel like to me that works, but I don't, I don't know if you guys like that lower seed. Has well, if you, if you format, did, if that's you what did. I do it apparently in Korea. If you did that format where it was the top two seeds get a buy, and then there's the four other teams that play a first round, how many games, three games. I think it would be three all at the higher seeds ballpark because you can't really have travel days it would just get too long Mm -hmm. and too long of a layoff um so the lower whatever three seats go on the road or lower two seats go on the road um to face the higher two for a three-game set yeah like imagine if the postseason uh structure was still like it was you know like what was like oh geez like 10 years ago now where it was only one wild card team like no one would be talking about the national league anymore exactly the the national league would be over completely Yeah, no, but I'm definitely for that, um, having six teams and then the top two get a bye into the, um, what would that be, into the division series, yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love that idea. It, does, it's, it gives more incentive, not just, like, to finish with the best record overall, but it gives, like, you know, if you, if you can finish in second with the right. best, second best record, you'd still get a bye. Um, yeah, I think that would really solve everything, personally. And then you just get, like, more teams involved, too, and I've kind of mm-hmm. come around on that where – I used to think that because baseball is so random, especially in the playoffs where you have these tiny samples, that the more teams you let in, the more random the champion is going to become. And I kind of do agree with that, but you somewhat offset it by giving the top two seeds a buy so that they don't have to deal with the randomness of another round. Um, And then you just get more teams involved. There's more races down the stretch. I, I feel like it's just more exciting when there's more teams involved. That was something I noticed about, 2020 was that there was more teams involved and that just felt exciting mm-hmm. yeah so would you do it where the top two records get in or like or they, they have to be like division leaders to get in uh i mean to, i, to, I to personally would just do top two records yeah. but i feel like they would probably go top two division winners yeah that's what i was thinking <laughs> so in this case it would be if it was this year for the national league it would be the giants and the brewers getting a buy even though the right. dodgers so, have yeah yeah it would be giants and brewers back. getting a buy then the Dodgers would host the lowest seed, which would be what either the Cardinals or the Padres, and then the Reds would play the Atlanta, Braves. Atlanta yes. Braves. Yes, I, I, I think that, I think that would be that would be cool. Yes, yeah. and then you still that, get that like first round feeling. Um, it's not as random as a one game wild card, um, and then you still get that traditional four teams left in the division series down to the semis and the finals. Um, and, and then the other change I would make is making that division series seven games. I don't understand yeah. how that hasn't happened. Yeah. It's better for baseball. They make more money. The players make more money. The owners make more money. The fans get more games. It's less random. I, I, it just feels like that's long overdue. And I would be shocked if that doesn't happen in uh, the next CBI. Because, I mean, every other sport does that. Uh, yeah. Other sports have more teams in and still have seven rounds 
or seven games every seven single games. round. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It, it is kind of weird that that's the only round uh, where baseball is the only sport where a playoff round kind of like fluctuates there. Yeah. You, you get down 0-2 and it just feels like it's over. Whereas other sports, yeah. when you're down 0-2, it doesn't feel that way at all. Right. Yeah. Like look at the Bucks won the NBA title with down being down 0-2. Um, you know, if, if, it, if it was a five-game series, it would have been screwed. They were down 0-2 to the Nets also. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, now, if we looked, if we did this format in the American League that we're talking about right now, where it's like top two seeds get a buy, it would be the mm-hmm. Rays and the Astros getting a buy, with the White Sox hosting. In this case, it'd be either Boston or, or New York, and mm-hmm. then the and then the Jays would host either Boston or or, or New York there. So yeah, that that I'd, I'd be totally fine with that. That'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Well, either way it checks out, it'll be it'll be fun. Um, all right. So last but not least. Um, all right, so I, I gave my picks. You get so you guys, you guys are pretty confident it's going to be Dodgers and Reds in the NL wild card game. Not super confident. It's a half game, and the yeah, Reds are losing right now to the Pirates. All right, so then <laughs> you, so you can never be too confident about anything. But do you think it'll be the the Reds when once if it's all I had done to done? bet on a team, I would take the Reds. Yeah, the fact yeah. that they faced the Pirates three different times down the stretch, yeah. I just feel like that'll be too much to overcome. I'm just banking on the pod. I mean. Yes, the Padres have been the second worst team in baseball over the last month, but they're not the second worst team in baseball. Like, mm-hmm. They're going to get hot again eventually, right? Like, that, that's what I'm banking on. I'm banking on hey, get unless it. it's almost just like on to next year kind of mentality. Oh God, I really hope not. Um, it would be sad given how high expectations were for them. Yeah. As a, and as I said before, God, my my dog is going nuts. <laughs> um, as I've said before, I think. Uh, I could, I could totally see the Cardinals just pulling this one out, just because they're the, they're the fucking Cardinals, and it's the Cubs' year from hell, and it just all fits. So if I had to put some money down right now, I'd just say them. I don't have any stats to back it up, but honestly, the fact that the Reds play the Pirates so much is a very good argument for them. So they're the most logical choice for sure. All right, guys. So for the uh, awards, it feels like this has been the most uh, fluctuating, just random year as far as like who's the leader for the main awards here. I remember um, <laughs> a few months ago we were saying Degrom is going to win the Cy Young hands down. He hasn't made a pitch in uh, in, a, in, a, in a few weeks now. Uh, Tatis had a lot of injuries, which might be hampering him from winning the National League MVP award. Um, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. is making a case for the AL MVP, but he's likely not going to win it still, despite the fact that he might get a triple crown soon. Um, and then uh, what, what am I missing here? Um, oh yeah. And then national league MVP. It's just like, it's just all, just all in the air right now. Um, as far as the American league, we'll start with the easy one. AL MVP. Yes. Vladdy's making a push for the triple crown. Yes. Shohei Otani has been struggling as of late, but when you have, uh, you know, the arguably the most impressive season of all time, Shohei Otani can stop today. His season can end, and Vlad can continue mashing away and get that triple crown. The Jays can make the playoffs. Everything can go Vlad's way, but he'll still lose by a considerable margin to Otani. Uh, Ryan, I know you share my enthusiasm for this. Um, you agree? Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I mean, if you look at even just the overall war, Otani has Vlad beat by 
a whole win per fan graphs for at least. Um, and then even just the narrative of being one of the best power hitters and one of the best pitchers that he's not going to win Cy Young, but he'll finish in the top 10 of Cy Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he, also if you were, yeah. yeah, if you were ranking the best hitters in the American league, he again, wouldn't be in the top five or so, but he'd be in the top 10 to 15 easy. Um, still an incredible hitter. He has what a 44 homer still. He's, Yep. Yeah, the, the he's definitely fallen off a bit. The strikeouts are, are still a problem. Um, but when you combine everything together and just, um, yeah, the narrative behind it, I also think that, I don't know, I, I feel like it's almost unfair to put the, like, Vlad's doing getting hot and Otani's falling off. Like, all the games should, in theory, count the same. Like, if you just flipped Otani's season and he was having a better second half and a worse first half, then maybe people would be saying, oh, he's getting hot at the end of the season or, or whatever. Or maybe they would say he's doing it in meaningless games. I feel, I feel like it's very easy to kind of like pick and choose your own narrative. Um, so when you look at the fact that Otani has the numbers and then he has this kind of aura around him, it's going to be tough to beat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think – or what were we going to say, Fernando? Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, like, I think it's – it sucks for Vladdy, but I mean, he's young. He's going to win MVP eventually, but this is Otani's year. He was just so special. Finally bursting onto the scene. He, he is 14th overall in uh, fan graphs batting war. So he's a top 15 pitcher or hitter in the league. And then he's also, what is he here? 45th or no, no, no. forty. Oh, he's bet 42nd in pitching war where he's tied with Lance McCullers and Kyle Gibson with about like 30 or 40 less innings pitched. So his per inning like value is higher. It's actually probably up there with some of the highest in the league. And I just think, yeah, the, the combo of being one of the best hitters and one of the best pitchers in the league is just something you've never seen. And his combined war is higher than Vladdy's. So you just... I just think it's obvious that he's the uh, MVP. It's it's incredible how how the Angels are an MVP machine with Trout (laughs) and Otani and just never good. They're all about those individual performances. And it just triggers, it triggers older like baseball or just like sports talk radio people so much when either of them are like, yeah, but the angels aren't good. They're not worth like, they're not worthy. You're going to hear that again. This like, it's going to be harder to argue against Otani than it's ever been for trout because like, even as incredible as trout's been, all he's been is the best hitter in the league. Whereas like, I don't know, like it's, it's hard to argue against Otani, but people are just going to be like, this whole off season, they're like, "Why are the Angels always bad?" Yeah, you're just gonna hear that all the time. Yep, you might even hear a few like, "Why?" Like, read a few articles like, "Why the Angels should trade Shohei Otani?" Um, you're probably gonna or, see a few yeah, of those. Why, why? Why Shohei Otani should try to get out of the Angels or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. All right. So Otani's got the AL MVP wrapped up. AL Cy Young. Um, I know a lot of people have been saying the favorite's been Garrett Cole. And yes, he's been he's been really good this year. Don't get me wrong, but I think that the um, AL Cy Young is going to go to Robbie Ray this year. I really think so, especially if the if the Jays make the playoffs. He has just been that good. Um, you know, like the strikeout numbers have been 
Uh, incredible 220 strikeouts leads the American League currently. Granted, Cole's only three behind there. Um, and yeah, and then the super, super, super low ERA for Ray he's as well. He's not walking anybody somehow. That was <laughs> his main problem with yeah. the Diamondbacks. He always, he like, he's always been a high strikeout guy, but somehow he doesn't walk people anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I still think it's Cole. ERA, so really, I still think it's Cole. But I, yeah. I, I think that down the stretch, it's so close that a couple good starts either way could switch it between those two. I don't really think anyone else is, um, unless they just dominate for the last couple weeks, um, really has a chance. Do you think? Yeah, it'll come down to whichever team makes the playoffs: Yankees or Blue Jays. I don't think people care enough about that, especially for Sight. So? Yeah, I, okay. I just don't. Think, I don't think playoffs factors in anymore for people. Hope not, Maybe yeah. if it's just like a dead tie, but even then, I feel like you'd look at other factors, like, oh, who were his opponents, or did he add any other factor? You know, what, what some other narrative would kick in rather than the playoffs at this point? Yeah, at least that's close. my take. Yeah. Jesse, who do you think right uh, now? Well, I, I'll just quickly mention the other players who are um, in contention, just because of. Their war numbers would be Nate Eovaldi, who could uh, – he could kind of have, like, the Rick Porcello, like, quality start machine sort of argument. Uh, but – and then Carlos Rodon, I, I don't think he'll get it, even though he's eighth in war with basically the amount same amount of innings as Otani. So he's been nasty. But, yeah, um, I think if the season ended today – probably give it to Garrett Cole, even though Robbie Ray has the hot hand. If he, if he's just hot for his last three, four starts of the season, then I could definitely see him uh, pulling it out. Yeah. yeah Isn't it true. unreal that Robbie Ray signed for $8 million in the off season for one year? Yep. Think about yeah. what he's going to get this year. And did anyone, and did anyone like look at like when you saw Robbie Ray sign with, the Blue Jays for eight million. Did you think any sort of way about it? Were you like, I think a lot of people. I guess that's fair for. That's yeah, that's fair for a bum. (laughs) I I think a lot of people thought he. I don't want to say like done, but a lot of people were just skeptical of him ever throwing strikes again. Like he was horrible with the Diamondbacks last year. Got traded and was maybe a little bit better, but was so bad with the Blue Jays, he got moved to the bullpen. And they still re-signed him. And I think everyone was kind of like, yeah, you, you know, there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal. But he's probably not going to be very good. He can't throw strikes. And then he just, just somehow figured out how to throw strikes. Yeah. And if he's able to maintain that and, like, change something in his delivery and teams believe in that, he's going to go from an $8 million a year guy to, I don't know, a $25 million a year guy over four or five years easily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there will be a lot of teams interested in him. I'm sure the Jays would love to keep him, but there will be a lot of suitors. And he could – it's just incredible to think he can win Cy Young. Yeah, so here are his walk numbers uh, over the last three years. 2019, walked 84. Last year, in a shortened season, walked 45. This year, in a full season so far, he's only walked 44. So he's walked. So, okay, give us the innings difference between this year and last year. So essentially, yep. The yep. one walk difference. One walk difference. What, what's the innings difference? Last year, 52, 51 and two thirds. Mm-hmm. This year, 170 and a third. What? 120, so 120 innings, innings with one walk. That's the difference. Like, that's just unheard of. And one so walk less. One walk less. One walk, one walk less. Yes. 
Yeah. That's kind <laughs> of that's, less I mean, in 120 innings. That's kind of like that's kind of like uh that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of like hearing that Joe Mauer just never struck out one time in high school. Just doesn't <laughs> seem real. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're saying he did that at the like major league level is absurd. Yep. And he, I'm sure, like, was trying to figure it out for years. It's not like he was just sitting around wanting to not throw strikes. Something yeah. just clicked, whatever it was, and now he just has command along with nasty stuff. Yeah, and it's not like he could. It's like he could never strike people out. I mean, he struck out over 200 three times, or uh, oh well, yeah, in, in, including this year, four times in his career. So he could always strike. He had people that one out. really good season with the Diamondbacks in like 2017, I think it was one of those years. A few years ago. Yeah, you're right. 2017. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, 289 ERA struck out 218 batters. So he's always been capable, Mm -hmm. but this would just be like a feather in his cap. And another really good story for a guy to go from a borderline one year deal to a Cy Young. Mm -hmm. If I told you that. at the beginning of the year that one of these two things would be true. Robbie Ray would win Cy Young or the new or the San Francisco giants would win the NL West. Which one would you be like? Nah, I would take Ray. I would. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's hard to say for certain. Cause it, it's like looking back, but I, I'm pretty it's sure yeah. just because of the stuff. Like I would be like, Oh, maybe he'll click. The giants is just not believable with those yeah. two yeah. teams ahead of them that were, yeah. who were supposed to be ahead of them. Agreed. Because, yeah, Robbie Ray is kind of like the – it's kind of similar to Carlos Rodon where if, like, if he could just stay yeah. healthy and throw strikes, he's just nasty and he'll – like, you could see it. So mm-hmm. uh, Pivot Probably. to the National League real quick. Uh, National League MVP. Is it still Tatis, Ryan? It's Tatis or Harper. Again, this mm-hmm. could be decided in the last few weeks. It would be so cool for Harper just because – for so long people viewed him as overrated and now he's underrated underpaid in terms of star players. Like he's only making 26, 26 million um, for the next 10 years, but he's again signed very young. He was 26 when he was a free agent. Um, So they're getting prime years and this would just be so cool to see him win another MVP, not nearly as good as his Nats MVP year. He'll never do that again. That was historic, Um, but just an incredible player. Yeah. He leads the majors yeah. in OPS with a 1030 OPS. Um, a lot of it yeah. is that he's, get, he's getting the, I don't want to say Barry Bonds treatment, but he's getting similar treatment to Juan Soto right now where teams just don't want to pitch to him. So a couple times a week, he'll get a mistake and hit a home run. And otherwise he's just walking the shit ton. Yep. Let's see it walks. He is currently fourth in the majors in walks. I'll bet Juan he's, Soto's first. Juan Soto's yeah, first. Yeah, he is. By I, a I see, wide I margin. right here. Yeah, Bryce Harper has a 15.6% walk rate and Juan Soto's a 21%. So it's not <laughs> even that close. But that's it's also a difference, especially, especially ever since like the Nationals traded Schwarber and Trey Turner. And they don't, it's like if you don't pitch to Juan Soto, you don't have anyone else you need to pitch to. No doubt. Which, which I'm, I'm sure it also actually probably helped the walk rate. I, I don't know the numbers. I'm sure it helped the walk rate for Harper when uh, uh, went, down. went down because yeah, like you didn't want to have to pitch to him either. So like you got to pitch to Harper. Whereas now like real Muto is really a 
threat, and that's about it on the Phillies offense. So just walk Harper. Yeah, and he's been struggling too. So it's it's just been Harper for the last little while trying to carry them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so, if the Phillies get in the playoffs, that for now you're talking about the playoff narrative. I yeah. could I could see it or, or the Padres with Tatis. If one of those two teams takes it, just because their stats will be so close, that could sway the voters of like, oh, they helped their team get in, even though they didn't. They, I mean, they weren't probably the deciding factor. You know, it's so it's so close. But I could see that swaying some people. Without a doubt, yeah. Um, if the season ended today, I would probably give the award. I I still think it's going to go to Tatis, um, and I think a lot of the writers might take like the per game stats into account because it's not like Tatis has missed enough games to disqualify him from this, but he's missed enough games where it makes his overall numbers look a little bit lower than they should. So I think they might take in like those, um, like the fact that he does everything so well um, mm-hmm. into account. So yeah, my my, my, my I, I guess my vote's for Tatis right now. But you're going you're going Harper, Ryan. That does make sense that what you're saying that. Tatis and Harper are tied like in value, but then mm-hmm. Tatis has done it in even less games. Yeah. So I, I definitely understand that argument, and I actually think that that's probably the correct argument. Yeah, and played a more premium position defensively for most of the year. Yeah, um, although he has struggled this year defensively, but yeah. that is true that he does play shortstop. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, actually, looking at it, Harper only has fifty more plate appearances. So yeah, it's it's what? it's not nothing, but it's oh. like Yeah, that's not that's not it's not that huge. yeah, it's not that crazy. Like Simeon like Marcus Simeon has six hundred and forty five plate appearances and uh Trey Turner has five hundred seventy one. Bryce Harper has five hundred eighteen mm-hmm. and Fernando Tatis has four seventy one. So like relative to most of the people on these leaderboard most of the people on this leaderboard uh they're towards the lower end of the war spec or the plate appearance spectrum. Yeah. So. All right. There knows? just aren't really many other standout candidates, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Like the Dodgers and Giants are so good, but it's because they have so many like three to six win players and they don't have any eight or nine win players, at least this year. And yeah. Mookie Betts has been that in the past. Bellinger has been that in the past, but this year they just have a bunch of very good players. Yeah, I think the best Another player out of that thing, bunch would be Muncie, right? Yeah, I think if he, he would be the guy out of out of the Dodgers that would win it if it was going to be somebody. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I just noticed that's kind of crazy is number six in war this year is Starling Marte. Wow, <laughs> and he's he's done it in like he's done it in fewer games than. Uh, Tatis and he has the same war as him that's crazy I did not know that I actually don't know the answer to this but has anyone won MVP when they've changed leagues like I don't think so I don't think so I don't know people people have won Cy Young but I don't know if they've won MVP usually when you're a player of that caliber you're not traded right I don't know didn't Manny yeah that just doesn't really happen yeah not during the season at least like I know Stanton won the MVP and then got traded but that's Mm -hmm. a little different Mm -hmm. I was during the offseason but yeah I I don't know I I just I'm shocked by another trade I should not have made whatever yeah I I think Manny Ramirez is the closest to doing that when he was traded to the Dodgers um many many years ago because he would just have to provide so much value in such a short period of time. Like, Marte has been incredible for the A's, but can you really make a case that he's really anywhere close to AL MVP? Like, I don't even right. think he would be in the top 
seven or eight. Like I, off the top of my head, obviously Otani and Guerrero, but then Marcus Simeon would be ahead of him. Even like um, Mullins, Jose Ramirez. Yeah, even like Altuve maybe or Salvi. Yeah, Salvi maybe. But yeah, I guess the list isn't super long, but still you can easily think of a handful of guys. I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting some. Um, oh, Aaron Judge, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, just because he's he's only been in the league for whatever handful of time, provided because do you give him credit for the value he provided the Marlins? Like it, that's still his season, but he also didn't give that to the team that he, he's on. So I, I don't know. It's kind of just like a weird situation. I'm, I'm guessing voters haven't really known how to handle that in the past. Yeah, that's fu- it's kind of funny. That brings up another um, similar uh, debate here with the National League Cy Young with Max Scherzer, who started the year on the Nationals and went to Dodgers, uh, still in the National League, which is nice. I was going to um, say, at least it's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same league. But I think he's my front runner for National League Cy Young. If it's not him, it's going to be Walker Bueller. But I'm probably going to go Scherzer. You don't think Burns has a chance? He has a chance, but I just think ultimately it's going to be Max Scherzer because I think he's going to absolutely close out the season red hot, whereas I think the Brewers may be a little bit more conservative with Burns' innings. Mm-hmm. Um, to wrap up the season. So I think Scherz is going to pull ahead there. And I think the fact that the narrative that he got his 3,000 strikeout this season, um, he might lead the, stri- the majors in strikeouts at the end of this season. His ERA, he leads the majors in, in, um, in, in ERA. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think he's probably the, the, the favorite. It, it's going to be one of Burns, Wheeler, and um, – sorry, no. Burns, Bueller. Scherzer. And Scherzer, thank you. Well, what, why, yeah. not, why not Zach Wheeler? He's he's the one he's the like Wheeler will course. probably be next after that. Yeah, I, yeah. He de- he definitely has like the most innings and his strikeouts are up there. I I think his other stats are just not quite as good or good enough compared yeah, to the other he's guys. He's had some stinky outings the last uh, few weeks. They haven't been as elite. It's Fair a shame enough. though that we're not talking about Degrom right now. Like, this is going to go down as one of the biggest what if seasons in baseball history. Yep. yep. I'm sure he yeah. would have not maintained what he was doing. Like nobody can do that. But just to see the possibility of something like borderline historic, it would have been incredible. And obviously Scherzer, Bueller, Burns would be deserving Cy Youngs, but they wouldn't have come close to what Degrom was on pace for. Mm-hmm. All right. So Ryan, who's your pick right now? Um, well, I mean, I, I want to say Burns just because he's been my guy all season, but, uh, yeah, I, you could really pick any of those names out of a hat. I think if you're, I agree with you that coming down the stretch, the Dodgers games matter more. So it'll be Bueller or Scherzer is probably the favorite. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the Scherzer is one, the more likely out of those two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll just go. I'll go Scherzer. I just, hey. just, just feel, it just seems like he'll do it. <laughs> yeah, He's been so uh, good recently. It's weird that Kevin Gossman kind of, you know, dropped out of the conversation. Yeah, know, I'm halfway. not surprised by that, though. Yeah. Uh, he, so he, that's another <laughs> guy who's on my fantasy team. And I, I, I mean, he was incredible in the first half. And But even watching him then, when you're relying on a decent but not great fastball and then a splitter, and that's pretty much it, I guess kind of a changeup that's similar to a splitter – you're going to have some bad outings because if the splitter's not working and you're relying on only a 95 mile an hour fastball, you're going to let up some hits. And so he's had some stinkers against some bad teams because you can't even really predict when that splitter is going to be working or not. When that's on, he's as good as anybody, but he doesn't have as many weapons as a Scherzer who has four or five nasty pitches or some of these other guys who, if one pitch isn't working, it doesn't even really matter. 
Yep. Love it, guys. True Love it. Um, so I, I, it's just really cool that we have uh, the fact that the wild cards for both divisions are up in the air. The fact that these um, races for MVP and Cy Young, aside from the American League MVP, they're all up in the air. It's just I feel like this is the most ambiguous all of these dis- big decisions have been this late in the season in a long, long, at least in, in, in recent memory for me. I feel like by this point, maybe half of the awards are wrapped up and uh, there might be like a couple playoff spots, like still kind of maybe up for grabs, maybe just like one playoff spot up for grabs. But at this point, it's like we have 10, 10 or 12 teams that could put, um, potentially lock up those last playoff spots. And we have another like 10 or 12 guys that could end up locking up any of these awards. So um, it's going to be fun to see how it, how it all wraps up. But with that said, two weeks left in the season, playoffs right around the corner. Um, it's going to be a fun, fun, fun last few weeks to wrap it up. So with that said, for Ryan and Jesse, I'm Fernando. Have a good one, everyone. We'll see you next week. Peace. In our days, cause I found God. Yeah.